Um, every time Pepler asks me to do something out of my comfort zone, it, it, it's like, why? But then at the same time, it's like, thank you, because we need people like that in our lives that push us and to do things that are out of our comfort zone. And um, one thing that always um, God brings to my mind is he doesn't call those who are qualified, right? He qualifies those that he calls. And we see that time and time again in scripture. A um, few examples, the disciples. Who were they to follow Jesus? They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were thieves. And he qualified them to follow him. Um, Moses. Who was Moses? He was insecure. He, he had anger issues. He couldn't talk in front of people. And he was called to lead the Israelites. Um, Jonah. He was a coward. But God called him. God called him. Sarah was 90 years old, and God wanted, him to, wanted her to have a baby. Paul, he was a Christian killer. And he transformed him. David. He was a simple shepherd. He wasn't even being considered to be king, and he's the one that was appointed. So, unqualified. We're all unqualified, but we're called. And I'm here in obedience, and I'm here because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. So, thank you, Pebbler, for pushing me. I guess, right? Like, backstage is my comfort zone. <laughs> so, um, I thank God for this opportunity, just to talk a little bit about me and talk a little bit about his word. Um, so I ask myself, why do we learn about God? Why do we learn about God? Because he's our creator. He's who put us in this world with a purpose. It is not our destination. This is just a stop, a journey, right? <clears throat> So he allows us to do that when he proclaims his seven I am's um, in the book of John. And he's clear about who Jesus is and what he does. So when we know who he is, it changes who we are. It changes everything. It changes our decisions. It changes our atmosphere. It changes our look in or our perspective in, in life situations. So, Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. This is why we learn from the word. Because it is our compass. It is our way, our direction to go. So, knowing Christ and his word sheds, li sheds light into our lives. And that's why we take this time to learn of his scripture and, and of his word. He gives us vision for the path ahead, and today we talk about him being just that, the light. So he is the light. And I think of it in a literal sense when it comes to the light. How many of you guys have ever been in a pitch black room? Isn't that horrible? Like, what kind of feelings does it bring up when you're in a pitch black room? Isolation. Ooh, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> Confusion, right? Like, what, what, where am I? Anxiety. Anxiety, yes. Anger, because you can't see where you're going. Tension. Fear. Even with my kids. Uh oh. 
even with my kids right now, it's like they talk about how being in pitch black room is scary to them. And I still sometimes feel that as an adult. Like being in a pitch black room is just not a fun thing. So I also think about that any noise is a distraction. But then when you finally get the smallest glimpse of light in that pitch black room, what do you begin to feel? If you guys can call out, what do you begin to feel? Hope. Hope. Ooh. Safety. Safety. Relief. Clarity. Understanding of what the heck I just tripped over. You know? Direction. The light always defeats the darkness. Every single time. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It always, the light always defeats it. You're always going to get the light. You're always going to see the light in a pitch black room. Well, it will no longer be a pitch black room, right? Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only the light can do that. Only the light can do that. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 12. And it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. They asked him, here you are, appearing in your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. So Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge humans. You judge by the human standards. I pass judgment on no one. This is Jesus talking to the Pharisees. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So he does have a witness, right? His Father. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. They then asked him, where's your Father? The Pharisees, the ones who know it all, right? <laughs> Where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because it wasn't his hour. It was not his time. So he had just gotten back. This is where Jesus declares he is the light of the world. And there was pushback. There's always pushback, right? So he had just gotten back from the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is this giant feast that they do to commemorate the 40 years that God was with the Israelites in the desert. In this big feast, they would party on all night. But one thing they did was that they would turn on four ginormous lamps and these lamps would commemorate the 40 years. And this light that reflected from these lamps would shine all over the city. And like I said, they would just party on, just celebrating the way God was with them. 
He was over them as a sign of what? Presence. He accompanied them in the desert. And he was with them, or he was over them as a sign of presence and protection. Um, in the email this week, Pepler talked about how, I, 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 a lot of you know I, I'm a school bus driver for the Muckleton School District, but there is a lot of new people here. Don't know that. So I, I like driving 40-foot buses back and forth on Casino Road. It's my thing to do. It's my jam, right? It's so much fun. I've been doing it for about, this is your school number eight for me. So one thing I do, the moment I pull out the lot, is I pray protection over my vehicle. And it's something we should all be doing. <laughs> and sometimes I forget. I admit I'm a perfect but praying protection over, over me, over the other drivers, over the kids in the stops, over you know this, the teachers that will be with them for eight hours. I'm only with them for 20 minutes. They're with them for about eight hours. So Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, um, it's important because we want him over us as, our, as presence and protection over our lives. And I'll never forget, this time I was, um, this was about five years ago, I was, right now I drive kind of the medium bus with the special needs kids, but um, I was driving the 40 foot with 60 kids in it. And I was on my way to start my elementary run. And I was running late. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, I can't run late, you know, because we needed these kids. That's one of our jobs, is to make sure we get to school on time, right? I was running late. I was actually coming down Casino Road. And um, when I was reaching my stop, I passed by an accident. A person had pulled out of one of the apartment complexes. The other person didn't see them. They T-boned. It was nasty. And the first thing I thought when I saw that, I'm like, God, you just protected me from that. That could have been me. You know, I had no kids on board. But it's the, just one of the biggest things I fear when I go to work is being in a collision. And um, I, that fear I put in God's hands, I have to put that in God's hands every single day. Because I see, I see things like that all the time. Or I would go past a light and the car behind me gets hit. You know, and it's, it's things that I see and I, um, constantly get reminded that he protects us he protects us and he is with us and um i never forget that day and every time i pass by an accident i'm praying for those people you know one thing um about driving a school bus is that we're about five feet higher than the rest of the drivers so our view is humongous which i love i mean i guess obviously we need to be like that when we're traveling with other kids. Um, but I also see a lot of things that I don't want to see and that I'm constantly praying for because it's, um, it's hard to see all that, all those, you know, collisions or, or just homelessness or um, whatever the case may be. Um, I always pray that he is over me and protecting me and um, and that he is always, always over us. So 
His light is also over us, but he is over us as our guide. My handwriting is not the best, sorry. He is our guide. So, for example, in the New Testament, let's look at Matthew chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and he came, and we came here because we want to worship him. I had to look up how to pronounce these words, by the way. Magi, I'm like, Google, how do you pronounce <laughs> Some of these words are kind of funky to me. I was raised reading a Spanish Bible, so anytime I read an English Bible, I'm like, how do you say that? Um, so yeah, they, they saw the star, right? And they were looking to see where's the king, because we saw the star and we want to worship this king. So verse 9, let's skip down to verse 9. It says, after they heard... The king, so they were talking about King Herod. Uh, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This star guided them, guided them to where Jesus was. When we feel lost, we're to search for that guide. We are to search for that light. That light that leads us to where our Creator wants us to go. The same way the Magi used that star to reach Jesus of Nazareth. He's our guide. Apart from Him being over us, as presence, protection, and guide, He's also going to be on us. It's not the same being over us, than being directly on us, right? And we look at the example of Saul, a.k.a. Paul, right? Acts 9, Acts 9 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that he found any there so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He was searching for those Christians because he didn't like them, right? As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard the voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? <coughs> who are you, Lord? asked Saul. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So he left him behind, blind, right? God took his vision. And he sent them to Damascus, where he met Ananias. Ananias was a prophet, um, a disciple of God. And he already knew Saul was coming, because Ananias got a vision from God as well. And he said, I'm sending this man to you. I'm sending this man to you, and... Um, through Ananias, Saul got a new purpose in life. God restored him. God transformed him. 
Even though Ananias was like, God, why are you sending me him? He's got a bad rep. He kills Christians. I'm a Christian. Like, why? Why are you sending him to me? Because he wanted to transform him. He wanted to send him. He wanted to pull him out of the life that he had. He gave him a new identity, right? He changed his heart. And he changed his name, right? So we're going to add under. So on us, he rescues us, right? The same way he rescued Paul or Saul to Paul. He trans, he not only rescues, he transforms, completely changed Paul's or Saul's identity, and he restores. Restoration and transformation. So like this Christian murderer, Saul turned into a missionary, Paul. When you have a confrontation with the light, darkness has no chance of survival. It doesn't stand a chance. One time when I was feeling lost, and I feel like um, you can know who Christ is all, his, all your life, but until that light shines on you, you do not get rescued or transformed. I've known Christ all my life. I've known of him. When I was 19 years old, I became pregnant. Um, I was lost. Doesn't mean I wasn't, um, I was serving him. I was in the worship team. I was in every service. I was in every convention. You name it, I was there. But after I left those doors, I was a different person. So when I became pregnant, everyone I thought was my friend disappeared. And if it wasn't for my mom, If it wasn't for my brother, who don't who love me unconditionally, I would not be here today. And out of this hard time and this darkness I was going through, towards the end, I was already ready to pop. <laughs> I was nine months pregnant, and we were in the middle of building our home in Puerto Rico. This all happened in Puerto Rico. Um, I sat on our unfinished balcony. I sat there and poured my heart out to God. And he rescued me. He shined his light on me and he transformed me. And out of this darkness, I have one of the biggest blessings in my life, which is my 15-year-old child. And it was a, a really hard time, but you know what? When I decided and I gave up, I'm like, God, you know what? I just can't do this. I know I have to because I have to raise this child. I can't do it alone. 
And he's like, you know what? You don't have to. And I heard him clearly. And I felt it. Um, he rescued me. He transformed me. Was it from one day to another? Gosh, no. He's still working on me. He's still working on me. And, um, but from that moment on is when I can truly say he rescued me. He rescued me. And when I saw his light, I chose to follow it. I didn't just see his light. God, you rescued me. Bye. Thank you. You know? And then he's like, come again. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was more of, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do different? So I've known, like I said, I've known of his light all my life. I've even witnessed others follow his light. But I never took that step until, until that moment. Until that moment when I was in the pit and I, was, I felt alone. I finally took that step. I thought that believing and simply following instructions, right? My whole life, I, I was raised Pentecostal, so everything was follow instructions. Or you're going to hell. That's, that's literally what it was. And I thought that that was enough. I didn't miss a service. I never missed a service. You know, I was singing to the Lord. This is the plan God had for me. I was singing for the Lord. But really, out that door, it wasn't me. And... I thought that believing and simply following instructions was enough, and oh, I was so wrong. <laughs> I needed to follow him and invite me in. It's an invitation, right? It's not just, he's not just gonna go in, you know, he's not gonna rescue you if you don't ask for it. He's always gonna be there waiting for you to take that step. And the I am changes who I am and what I do. You guys have to repeat that. The I am, the I am. Changes, who I am. changes who I am and what I do. I love that saying. <laughs> when he lives in us because we have invited him in, his light should be beaming out of us. He now lives in me. And his light should beam out of us should be beaming out of me. What does that mean? It means if we pursue him, if we follow his commandments, we seek him in spirit and in truth, it's going to show. The fruits of the spirit will be portrayed through us. It's going to show everywhere we go, at every moment. In my job, um, I have amazing coworkers. We're about 120 drivers for the school district. Um, we, we make great friendships because we, we are constantly, you know, whatever school we work at, there's more than one bus. So you're constantly seeing the same drivers over and over. Every year is a little different, so it kind of rotates. You get to, you know, uh, know about one driver more than the other. Or at the end of the day, we make incredible friendships. So um, I had one coworker come up to me and say, um, I need prayer. I not once have told anyone that I was a Christian. You don't have to walk around with a shirt that says I'm Christian. Right? You can. There's a lot of cool shirts coming out nowadays. That's <laughs> and it could, it's a conversation starter. But you don't have to. Because if that, sh if that light is shining out of you, it should be portrayed by our actions and by our words. So 
this person, he came up to me and he's like, I, I can't, I can't, I need strength to deal with my son. His son is about 20 something years old and is um, struggling with alcoholism. And he can go out for days and he doesn't know about like where he's at, what he's doing. And he's like, I know you're a woman of faith. I never said that, but okay, yes, I am, <laughs> you know? And I know your God can protect my son. And this is not the first time after that I had one come to me that told me that she was seeking Christ herself. And I had another one that would come up to me and open up about her struggles with COVID and her health issues and the fact that she's about to retire and doesn't know what's going to happen to her after that because that's her identity because that's what she's done for 30 years. You know, all these things, they confide. They, they feel comfortable. But it's because, not because I'm telling them, hey, you can tell me, you can trust me. It's because I'm just me. And, and his light is shining out of me. And that's how it should be for every single one of us. The light that shines out of us will allow others to receive hope and receive encouragement above a lot of other things. They receive hope. They receive encouragement. They see the things that God has done with our lives and the joy that we have and we have no explanation for except for the love of Christ that lives in us. But there's one thing. We have to stay connected to the source, right? The light will always pour out of us if we stay connected to the source. A light bulb doesn't have to tell people it's on. What does that mean? It means if the light is in you, it's going to shine. It's just going to shine. So when we get into our small groups, I kind of want you guys to think, or share about a time that God has shed light into a season into your into a season or a situation in your life. When has he shined on us or on you? If you could ask Jesus to turn a light in one area of our life or of your life or of the world, what would it be? There's a lot of things to pray for, people. And I, I always used to say, God, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. <laughs> Joke's on me. Um, share a time when he has shined out of you and has impacted someone else. I used to always say, I don't really have a testimony. But this was uh, actually not, even, not too long ago. I, I, was, I would pray, and I'm like, God, if people ask me, what am I going to say? But if he's in us, Oh, he will give you words to say, right? So share time when he's shined out of you. And your workplace, even here, sometimes we have conversations here that are deep and beautiful. And it gives us hope and it encourages us. And that's why day by day, I, I just, I love when it comes to our church family, just what I get out of it and what we get out of it together is so necessary just to move forward because we see how his light shines upon others not only you but just others and when you're feeling down you reach out to that friend that knows jesus and you reach out to those that can encourage you to move forward 
Because we'll always have the darkness chasing after us. It's just something that comes with living in this world. And until we get to that day where we're up in heaven, that's how it's going to be. And it's like Jay was saying earlier, it's not going to be easy. It's never easy. But we trust on the Lord and the light that is in us, that portrays over us, that portrays through us, so we can move forward until the day he calls us to be with him. Let's pray. God, I just, I love that your word is alive, is powerful, and that every time that we visit it, God, you have something new to say, even, even with a verse that we've read over and over again. The meaning changes depending on our season and our time and our situations. And I thank you because your Holy Spirit is real. And it gives us hope. I thank you for being the light of this world. I thank you for being the light in my life, for rescuing us, Father, for transforming Forming us, for restoring us. And God, I pray that we, through our testimony, through our lives, we're able to portray that light onto those that are searching, just hopeless, lonely, in the darkness, Father. May we be that glimpse of light. Not us, but you through us, Father. I pray for meaningful conversations in our small groups, God, and that we're able to realize that no matter how small our testimony is, it's a testimony and you encourage, you help us encourage others. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and the glory and honor for you. In the name of Jesus, amen.